welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. We are continuing our series today on the victorious life. Who wants to live a victorious life? Come on, I do. We're, we're called to live nothing less. We are called to be victorious. Amen? So if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, I'll be preaching from verse 15 and onwards today. Paul's apostolic prayer to the church of Ephesus. If you've ever read the book of Ephesians, you would know uh, that there is no word of rebuke. There's no, Paul never corrects the church in Ephesus. Interesting, isn't it? So, so you look at that and you think, they must be doing pretty well. If you're not getting rebuked by the Apostle Paul, you must be doing pretty well. Hello? Yeah. And so uh, this church, Paul says, you're living godly. You have great faith. You have a strong faith. Uh, you love God's people. You're giving. You're serving. You're doing very well. But there's one thing. Paul's encouraging them, and really it's, it's God encouraging them through the Apostle Paul, saying, don't settle. Don't settle. You need to believe for more. You need to believe for more. You know, you've got, you've got some of your family saved. Believe that all of, them, all of them will be saved. Believe for more of God's victory in your life. Don't settle. Don't settle. You've got a small house. Believe for a bigger house. Come on. You, you, don't settle. He's saying, don't settle. You need to believe for more in your life. And God, he's encouraging us uh, today. I believe that, that, that through this, he wants to encourage you today to believe for more. He wants to build a big believer out of you. Come on, you've got to believe for more victory in your life. In every area of your life, you've got to believe for more. You do. You've got to believe for more of God's power, more of God's authority flowing through your life, more of God's blessing, more of God's favor. You need to believe for more. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, he said that uh, those who, who believe in me, they will do the same works that I do, and greater works will they do because I go to my Father. So we're called to live a victorious life like Jesus, amen? We're called to walk in the same authority. We're called to walk in the same power that he walked in. And so if we're called to live that life, then we need to at least believe like Jesus. Let's start trying to believe like Jesus. Come on, if you want to live a victorious life, then you have to believe victoriously, don't you? So we need to believe victoriously. You can do it. Everyone in this room whether you're listening online, on podcasts, on YouTube during the week, you can believe like Jesus today. I know that because Romans 12 verse 3 tells me that we have all received the measure of faith. That should get someone excited. We've all received the measure of faith. That means every person in this room has the ability today to believe like Jesus. Come on. You all have the ability to believe like Jesus today, to believe victoriously like him, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're here in life, it doesn't matter. You can all believe like Jesus. Is that good news? I had a dream about a year and a half ago. And uh, it, it was a significant dream for me. Uh, in the dream, I went fishing. And uh, of course, it's going to be significant if you're going fishing, right? And I thought, this is a good dream. In the dream, I was thinking, this is going to be good. Have you ever had dreams like that? Where you're thinking in the dream? And you're like, this is, I knew, I, in the dream, I knew that this was from God. And I got to this river 
And I saw all these huge fish and I'm thinking, I'm going to catch some big fish today. Thank you, God, for this dream. And, uh, and, and I pulled out my fishing rod and all I had was this tiny little fishing rod. I mean, it couldn't even pull in a goldfish. And, and so I'm trying to fish. I'm trying to catch all these big fish, but, uh, but I can't pull them in. And I'm getting frustrated and, uh, and I wake up and I'm thinking, even God's mocking me. Even in my dreams, I can't catch fish. Like, come on. Uh, it's ridiculous. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me through that. It, it was, he said to me, it's a picture of many believers. It's a picture of many sons and daughters of God, of how you come to that river, you see all the, the victorious life that you can live in Christ Jesus. You see all the blessings of God. You see the favor that he says he's put on your life. You see the victory you have, and you're trying to get it. You're trying to get it. You're like, God, I want to catch all these big fish, but you've got a small fishing rod. You've got a small belief system. You're not believing big enough. You've got, you've got this small fishing rod trying to catch them, and you think, God, how come I'm not walking in that blessing, in that favor, in that victorious life? You need to believe bigger. You need to increase your, your faith. See, we all have that capacity to believe like Jesus, so we can all believe more in every area of life. God wants to build a big believer out of you. Amen? And so we're going to look at this, uh, this passage from the uh, Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, we're going to see uh, how he encourages them. So there's, there is some important keys in this on how we can learn to believe bigger, how to believe victoriously in every area of life, in every area. Some people have a, a great belief system in, in, in finances, but then they might not have one in healing. So, you, so you've got to have it in every area of life. God wants you to have a victorious belief system in your health, in your finances, in your workplace, in your calling, in your gifting, in your anointings, a purpose upon your life. You need a belief system, a victorious one, in every single area. Andrew said before, you know, if you're believing for a certain victory, if you want victory in your life, then you need to believe victoriously in that area. So we're going to see how to do that today. Is that good? Great. So we're in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better so that you may know him better. So Paul says, I've heard about your faith. You're living great lives. You need to believe more victoriously. And, uh, and uh, uh, you need to know God more. So you, you need to know God better. I pray that he gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would know him better. That tells me that the more I know God, the more I'm able to believe victoriously in every area of life. The more I know God, the more I can believe bigger. We see that in Hebrews 11.11 11. with Sarah. It says, even by, uh, by faith, even Sarah, who was, uh, who was barren, she couldn't have a child. Even she was able to have a child. Why? Because she considered him faithful who made the promise. You get that? She considered God faithful. In other words, Sarah first heard it and she said, I can't believe for that God. Uh, I can't see it. Uh, I've, I've been barren can't have a child, but then she considered. So she thought about it, which is a good idea. She considered. 
And she thought about God and she knew God. She thought, hang on, God, you're faithful. So you've made this promise to me, so I'm going to believe it. Hello, she went to a greater level of faith because she considered that God's nature was faithful. So when you know God better, when you know his nature, when you understand his love, his grace, his forgiveness, when you understand God, that means you can believe bigger. The whole reason you came to Jesus in the first place is because you knew something about him. You first heard something about him. That gave you the ability to believe. So you need to know God better. And Paul says the solution to knowing God better, the solution, and this is the first key for us, is receiving the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, That's the Holy Spirit. We've all received the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about receiving wisdom and revelation from the Holy Spirit. That's the first point for you to believe in victoriously in every area of your life. You need to receive wisdom and revelation from the Holy Spirit. Wisdom comes from the Greek word Sophia. If you've got the name Sophia, it's easy for you to remember. But uh, it, it means the ability to think like God, so to know His thoughts. So when you receive wisdom from the Holy Spirit, you're able to think like God. You're going to be in faith then, aren't you? When you can begin to think like God, how His kingdom works, who you are, what our world looks like. That's wisdom from God. Revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypse, and it means, to, uh, it means an uncovering of the truth within you. So it, it means to know kingdom truths. It means to know the truth. So there's no lie in you. So there's, no, uh, so there's nothing false that you're believing. That's revelation when truth about the kingdom of God is revealed to you. And we need both of them, don't we? We need the ability to think like God and we need uh, revelation. We need to have truth within us. And so uh, that's the first point. We, we need to receive wisdom and revelation to believe more victoriously. And we see that with Jesus and his disciples. Think about his disciples for a minute. Think about them. When he first called them, Peter, James, John, Matthew, all his disciples, he didn't expect much of them at the start, did he? He's not expecting them to believe for great miracles at the start. He's not expecting them to to believe that they're going to be walking in the authority and power of God straight away. But as he begins to teach them about the kingdom of God, as they get to know Jesus, as they get to understand how the kingdom of God operates, as they they see Jesus operating in miracles, as, as Jesus is rubbing off on them, Jesus expects them to believe for more. He expects them to believe greater. In Matthew chapter 16, he rebukes them. He rebukes them. They've seen the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus says, I'm expecting, after this miracle, I'm expecting you to believe more. And they're crossing the lake. And I find it's probably, I think it's one of the funniest stories in the Bible. Because you've got the disciples, they're going over and Jesus is saying, you know, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. And the disciples are thinking, oh, we've got to, what, are they feeding us some certain bread or something? Do we not bring enough bread? You know, and Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, you of little faith, out of all I've taught you, you should have gained some wisdom and revelation. I've given that to you, so you should believe more, believe more. And that's what Jesus is saying, is that, is that when, we, uh, when we get to know God, when you receive wisdom and revelation from Him, you're actually able to go to a greater level of faith in your life. It was the anointing of Solomon. I think this is an important one. Solomon, it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 12, 
he was, uh, he was anointed or he was, um, he was endowed, empowered by God with wisdom, with intellect. So it was a gift from God. It was a gift from him. It wasn't earthly wisdom. It was God's wisdom, a gift from God. And it gave Solomon the ability to do what? To build God's temple. It gave him the ability to rule over, over Israel, but to build God's temple, which was incredibly important for the Israelites because we know that God's temple meant that God would come and his presence would rest with them. The, the temple was incredibly important. And it was wisdom that gave Solomon the ability to do that so God's glory could come and rest with the Israelites, with Solomon. And I believe it's a, it's a picture or it's really, it means how God wants to give you wisdom and revelation in your life. Not so that you can build a temple. We're, we're temples of the Holy Spirit, amen? But uh, he, he wants to give you wisdom and revelation so that you can build victorious belief systems in every area of your life so that his glory can come and rest upon that. Do we get that? Is that we build that. He gives us wisdom. He gives us the ability to think like him. He gives us the ability to know kingdom truths so that we can build those victorious belief systems in our life. In every area, think of Peter's shadow. Peter, he, he, had, such a, a, a great, he had such great faith. He had such wisdom and a revelation on healing. And this is what it looked like. He would walk down the streets and his shadow would heal people. It was God's glory resting upon his belief system on healing. So that's the point. That's what we want to do. We want to receive wisdom, and we want to receive revelation from God so we can believe bigger in every single area of your life. So you can believe bigger in finances, so God's glory, his, his power will rest upon you in, in healing, in relationships, in getting people saved, in all those different areas. You've got to go after this. You've got to go after that. See, it's a pursuit. Paul says, he says, you want to receive wisdom and revelation. This is a tip on how we receive it. He says in verse 17, keep asking. I keep praying. I keep praying. I'm asking that the God of glory, that the Father of glory, the Lord of, our G- of Jesus Christ, he will give you the, wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I keep asking. I keep praying. If the Apostle Paul... If he had to keep asking and praying, then I'm pretty sure we do too, don't we? It's a pursuit, isn't it? Paul was pursuing it. This is a lifetime pursuit. This is not just a, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, out of a whole year, I'm going to ask for wisdom and revelation once. I'm going to spend time with God for half hour and that's it. No, no, no. It is a pursuit. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34. It says that blessed, this is... Um, in Proverbs chapter 8, it's the spirit of wisdom talking. So it's the Holy Spirit speaking about his wisdom to us. And it says, Blessed are those who listen to me. Blessed are those who watch daily at my doorways, waiting daily at my doors. Now, uh, uh, we know that a door frame, it's a picture of God's heart. It's a picture of the heart. And so the Holy Spirit's saying, is Blessed are you, you'll receive wisdom and revelation when you watch my heart, when you wait at my heart. When you wait upon my heart, when you abide in me, when you spend time in my presence, when you, when you actively pursue me, when you, when you spend time in, and, and praying in tongues. See, see, it's spirit to spirit. You can't receive wisdom and revelation any other way because it's a gift from God, from the Holy Spirit to your spirit. 1 Corinthians tells us that, that it's it, all the things, everything, that God has laid up for his sons and daughters, for those who love him, 
are the things that are revealed to us only by His Spirit. Only by His Spirit. So I can only receive the ability to think like God. I can only receive kingdom truths through spending time in God's Spirit. Through, through spending time in His heart, waiting upon His heart, abiding in God. It's so vital. It's so vital. It's like a marriage. Think about a marriage. When I first married Beck, uh, I thought I knew everything about her. Which you do, don't you? When you, when you have a partner, you think, well, I, I know my partner. Well, and so you, I, I liked her. And so I think, I'm going to marry her. It's a good idea, wasn't it? And, uh, and we got married. But, but once you spend more time in each other's presence, you get to find out a few things, don't you? Yeah. Come on. You get to find out a, a few things about who they really are. But luckily for me, it was a good thing. Wisdom's telling me to stop this story right now, but I'll continue. Uh, I'll continue. Luckily, it, it, was, it was great. I found out some great things, but you begin to think like them, don't you? You begin to find out how each other think. You, you, know, you, you begin, uh, as you spend time in their presence, you know how, how people who have been married you know, it's 30, 40 years, and you begin to finish each other's sentences. Terrible. Don't do that. But um, you know, maybe that's where we need to get to. We're, we're finishing God's sentences for him. Hello? But um, spending time in each other's presence, as you spend time in the presence of God, He's going to rub off on you. I can guarantee it. He will give you wisdom and revelation so that you can believe for more. And Paul also says, I ask that the Father of glory will give it to you. He says that, doesn't he? The Father of glory. Uh, it's interesting He gives God that title. We know that God's glory is such a rich term. It comes from the Greek word doxa. It means his power, God's ability, but it also means God's opinion. I'm asking that the Father of opinions will give you wisdom and revelation. That tells me when you encounter God's opinion in every area of your life, when you encounter his opinion on your finances, when you encounter his opinion in relationships, when you encounter his opinion about our world, about heaven, you receive wisdom and revelation. So in every area of life, I need God's opinion. I need to get God's opinion so I can believe more victoriously. Paul says, you, you need to know God better. Like Sarah, you need to know the nature of God. You need to know who he is. That's a pursuit. Know God better because you will, you will begin to believe for more. You won't settle. You'll begin to see the victory that's won for you and you will believe more victoriously in every single area of your life. So you need wisdom and revelation. That's the first point for us. Through receiving wisdom and revelation from the Holy Spirit. Next point, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Come on. There's incomparably great power for us who believe. So Paul says now, you, you, you need to believe for more. You need to believe for more. Don't settle. And so he's saying, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, the eyes of your heart, we know that it's symbolic or it's metaphoric for your imagination. Your imagination is the eye or, or the eyes of your heart. And it needs to be enlightened. Your imagination now, it needs to be enlightened. So that tells me, if you want to believe more victoriously in every area of your life, 
First, you need to use your imagination. Some people think they write off their imagination, thinking this is silly, I don't need it, uh, it's, I'm not taught about that in school. Uh, you know, we, my imagination, it, it's out of control. There's no point. No, no, you need to use your imagination and it needs to be lit up, set aflame. It needs to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's the second point. You need a Spirit-inspired imagination. You need an imagination that is on fire, that is led, that is influenced, inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We need that. And, uh, and we see that. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, we, we're believers. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, don't we? For what is seen is temporary, the physical realm, the, the world we're living in. But what is unseen is eternal. So let me ask you a question. Think about this. How do you fix your eyes on what is unseen? How do you fix your eyes on what is unseen? Your imagination. You have to use your imagination. We walk by faith. We live by faith and not by sight. So some of you may not know this, but your imagination is required to live by faith. It requires your imagination because we have faith in a God. We have faith in, in a heavenly realm that cannot be seen in the physical. It's invisible. So you need your imagination to believe in it. You need to use your imagination. Say that. I need to use my imagination. You do. I'm glad you said that. I'll continue. That's why Jesus, think about Jesus, he only spoke in parables. That's how he taught about the kingdom of God. He spoke in parables. Now, yes, a part of that was to hide it from, from the, the hard-heartedness of, of the Pharisees and certain people. But why did he speak in parables? Because Jesus knew if you want to have faith in God, if you want to believe in the kingdom of God, in this invisible realm, if you want to know about my Father, then you have to use your imagination. See, Jesus spoke in parables to ignite, to, to set people's imagination on fire, to activate their imagination. Think about that. You're listening to Jesus. What would you be thinking? He's, to he's talking about the Father, about how the kingdom operates. You have to use your imagination to have faith. You have to believe in that to have faith. This is, this is about grabbing a hold of your imagination. So it is so incredibly important that our imagination is spirit-led. I need to have a spirit-led imagination. Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, he's in the tent. And God's, he's in a tent. God, the word of the Lord comes to him in a vision. Comes to him in a vision. And he, 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 it says, you are going to have a child, Abraham. Abraham can't believe it. He said, no, I'm, I can't believe that, God. I've got this small imagination. I'm, I'm not believing big. And God says, come out of the tent, Abraham. In other words, get out of this small imagination. Get out of this small believing, Abraham. Come out of that. Look up at the stars. Look up at all the stars and every star that you see will be the number of your offspring. Come on now. The promise of God, it was that God promised him this, but Abraham, he had this small imagination. So God wants to lead it. God wants to lead your imagination today out of that tent. He wants you to look up at the stars and he wants you to imagine, have faith with him. He wants you to believe bigger. Like Abraham, you need to get out of that tent. He wants to lead your imagination. 
to believe for more. Paul says in verse 18, when your imagination, when the eyes of your heart are enlightened, you will know. Know in the Greek, it's the word gnosis. And in its context, it means to personally experience. So think about this. When the eyes of your heart are enlightened, you will personally experience the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Come on. Someone's got to get excited about that. Someone has to get excited. When you're children, you should get excited. You may have been told that your imagination was stupid. No, no. When, when your imagination is enlightened by the Holy Spirit, you will personally experience hope. Some people need hope today. I look at some people during the week, some Christians, and I think, you need a dose of hope. You need, some, you need, you need a joyful, that's what hope is, a joyful and confident expectation in God. Confidence in God. That's what an spirit-inspired imagination brings. Great hope. You know your calling. You'll personally experience your inheritance, your, your, your heavenly inheritance. That's what Paul says. You'll experience that, and you will personally experience his great power for us who believe. Come on. I want to personally experience that, don't you? And so it's important. We see that our imagination needs to be influenced by the Holy Spirit because many people... Your imaginations, when it's not influenced by the Holy Spirit, it's out of control. You've probably experienced this. Your imagination, it's chaos. Maybe right now you're stuck with worry. Maybe you're stuck in anxiety. Maybe, maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe you're stuck in unbelief. Your inner world might be in chaos. All of that, it, it, it's a pro- production. It, it, it's a production of an out-of-control imagination. Your imagination is controlling you. Your imagination is playing games with you. Have you ever had a day like that? You know, you're in the car. All of a sudden, you know, you hear something go wrong with your car. Something happens. And uh, instead of being, you know, led by the Spirit, your imagination starts wandering down some road. Oh, this is going to cost a bomb. What's this going to do to the finances? Oh, you know, now it's going to affect all this. It's going to go out of control. All it will produce, if your imagination is like that, is it will produce unbelief. You know, I, I know people like that. You know, you go to the beach and there's a little freckle on your skin and they'll say, you should go check, get that checked out. Quick, quick, get it checked out. It's because their imagination's out of control. They're, they're always, they're thinking, they're imagining the worst about every situation. And think it, the enemy, he always has a field day with an out of control imagination. Look at our world. Look at, look at all in, in the media and in the, in the movies, in music. Look at all the lust. Look at all the greed. Look at all the pornography that's in the world. Look at child prostitution rings. All of those have come from an imagination that's been darkened. All of those have come from an imagination that's been darkened, that's been used by the enemy, and so it's produced that in the world. It's so important. It is so vital that we let the Holy Spirit lighten up our imaginations, that we put it to use to believe more victoriously. And thankfully... Paul gives us a key on how to do that. He says in verse 18, this is how some of you, you may feel like your imagination has been out of control this week. You may feel the last year, the last two years, you haven't been able to control it. And, And this is how you do that. Because Paul says, the eyes of your heart are enlightened in order. In order. Uh, In order. Do you get that? 
So the Holy Spirit, he, he lightens up your imagination. He brings his power to it to bring order. God wants to bring his order to your imagination today. God, Holy Spirit, he wants to bring his order, his purpose to your imagination. So it's not just going throughout the day and you're off with the fairies imagining all this stuff. Or you go home, watch TV, and it's producing all this silly stuff in our imagination. No, God wants to bring his order to it. He wants to bring his purpose to it. How does he do that? Well, Genesis chapter 1, God, his spirit hovered upon the water, didn't it? And what was there? There was darkness and there was chaos. Many people's imaginations are in darkness and chaos today, out of control. And what did God do? He spoke. God spoke. The Word of God brought light to the darkness, did it not? It brought light to the darkness and it brought order to chaos. Come on, that tells me something. That tells me that my imagination, I have to get the Word of God into my imagination today. Get the Word of God. Get God's Word. Hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Get the written Word. Get it in to your imagination. You need to get His Word. You need to meditate upon that. See, your imagination, it's like a television screen. It's like the TV. You get home, chuck the TV on, and what pops up? Whatever channel you put it on. So I want to put it on sport, put it on a movie. That's what plays. And that's what will play for the rest of the night if you leave it on that. And that is exactly what your imagination is like. It's not evil. It's, not, uh, it's, just, it's neutral. It'll play whatever you put on it. And so if I tune my imagination into what the world's saying, into what the enemy's saying, it's just going to play that in my life. What do you think it's going to produce? It's not going to produce faith. It's not going to produce victorious believing in your life. It's going to produce unbelief and chaos. And so we need to be a people who will refuse to tune our imaginations into anything else but the Word of God today. Come on now. You need to tune your imagination into God's Word. You need to get God's promises like Abraham. Get out of that tent and begin to play God's Word around in your mind. Begin to meditate upon that. When your imagination's running away from you, when it's going off into an area of unbelief, you need to say, no, no, I'm, ta- I'm disciplining my imagination. I'm bringing the Holy Spirit's order to this and I'm going to begin to meditate upon God's Word on what He says in every single area of my life. I'm going to get His Word for, for finances and I'm going to imagine my life through that. I'm going to believe because I know when I do that, it's going to produce victorious believing and then I'm going to have a victorious life. I'm going to imagine God's Word. I'm going to imagine my health through the Word of God. I'm going to picture myself healed, whole. I'm going to imagine, I'm going to imagine my, my family through the Word of God. I'm going to imagine this world through God's Word. You need to get His Word into your imagination. And you need, to, you need to picture yourself. Like Abraham, God wants you to look up at those stars and He wants you to dream with Him. This isn't some self-help thing. This isn't, well, this is just childish, using my imagination. No, God has given it to you because it is an incredibly powerful tool. How did God create man? How did He create plants, animals? It, it all started in here. He, he thought it up in His imagination and he produced, he said, I believe that, yep, and I'm going to produce it. So whatever you're imagining is what you'll produce in your life. It's what's going to come out from your inner world. So we need to be a people 
You need to be a, you need to be a, a determined believer who will say, I don't care what all the world is saying. I don't care what the enemy is saying. I'm getting God's word and I'm going to meditate upon that in my imagination. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to picture my whole future through God's word, through what he says about it. And that's what brings victorious living. Amen? Amen. That's what Paul says. He says, when you're, you, you need your imagination has to be enlightened. It needs to be lit up by the Holy Spirit if you want to believe victoriously in your life. So this year, this week, this month, start using your imagination. Don't let it wander off. Start using it for God's purpose, for His order. We need to be a people who are spirit-inspired imaginers. Amen? And this is what Paul says. When you do that, when you have received wisdom and revelation, when you have the ability to think like God, and when you, receive, when you understand the kingdom, how it operates, when you know God better, and when you have a spirit-inspired imagination, this is the power you'll experience. Listen to this. You will experience, in Ephesians chapter 20, the same power that God exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. Come on, that will be your experience. God's resurrection power in your life. You will experience that. It looks like life to dead places. It looks like having Christ at the head in every area of your life. It looks like His power fully working through you, living in the authority and dominion like Jesus did, believing like Jesus did, and that's what you'll get. You'll get the power, the resurrection power of God flowing through you. Someone has to take that today. Come on. You've got to get that into you. So I want to encourage you that to believe, to have a victorious life, God's saying, you know, there's this big river, big river for us, all the blessings and promises of God for our lives. We, we have the victory in Christ. We're called to nothing less. You can do it. You've, you've got the seed of a victorious life living within you. And so we need to come to that river. We need to come with a belief system that is victorious. We need to say, God, I'm pursuing this. I'm not going to settle. Wherever I'm at in life, whether, whether I think I've, I've got everything I've wanted, it doesn't matter. God doesn't want you to settle. He always wants you to believe for more victory. He always wants you to. And so we receive from Him. Spend time with God. Let Him rub off on you and receive wisdom and revelation. And then use your imagination. Bring purpose and bring order to your imagination today. Don't let it go off in chaos. Don't let your imagination get out of control. But notice it for what it is and say, no, I'm bringing God's Word to it. I'm bringing the Holy Spirit's inspiration so I can dream with Him. And I'm bringing His order to it so that I can see my life victoriously as God sees it. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that it's your deep desire, it is your heart that you would impart to us the ability to believe like you. You've given us the capacity. You've given us, Jesus, the capacity today to believe victoriously, to believe like you, Jesus, to build big believers out of ourselves. You don't want us to settle. 
You hate settling. You say, no, don't settle. Believe for more today. Believe for more. Trust God more. Have more confidence in God. Have more confidence in His ability in your life. You impart to us, Lord, wisdom and revelation. That's your desire so that we can know you better. It all comes out of our beautiful relationship with you. And so we speak over, speak over every person today, Lord, wisdom and revelation to know you better. You say it's a gift. It's a gift. It's not hard work. It's a gift from you. We just ask, we pursue, and you give it to us. You give us supernatural wisdom, the ability to think like you, and you teach us about your kingdom. That's your gift to us, that we get to think like you. We receive the mind of Christ today over every person. Receive the mind of Christ today. The great gift from God. And Lord, we ask, I ask right now that Holy Spirit, you would just begin to inspire people. Inspire their imaginations. Put seeds in their imaginations. Help them to dream bigger. Don't let them settle. At nighttime, Lord, bring dreams and visions to people. Help them to have faith in their imaginations, that they wouldn't think this is a game, that this is just some silly thing. No, no, no. It's a powerful tool. And so we thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you that you've redeemed our imaginations, that today there's some people and your imagination is in chaos at the moment. You feel like you can't control it. That, you know, it's, it, it, that, that there's things, situations happening in your life and you're just imagining the worst and it's producing anxiety, it's producing unbelief in your life. And God doesn't want that. He said he, He's given you His Word, His living Word, so that you could meditate upon that, so that you could see your life through Him, through His eyes. And so we speak over your imaginations today, we speak spirit divine order in Jesus' mighty name to dream with God. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that your victory is ours. It's because of you, we get to live a victorious life and we will settle for nothing less in Jesus' name.